that was you. Guess, guess who didn't start the show off with well? That's exactly what I was about <laughs> to say. Guess who? Guess who was struggling very, very hard not to say well at the start of this That's show? That's right. My brain folded in on itself like a tourist crepe. What are other ways that people start podcasts? Hey! Ouch, jeez. I've got headphones on, Hunter. Sorry, I didn't mean to Think be... of the listener. Think of the listener. I'm thinking of the listener, and... Well, I don't know what to say. This, uh, there's a Civic beside us that it's a Civic 5-door. Yep. And it's just like mine, except for it's the crappy color. Do you see how it's a little subtly light. that one's just very ugly? Okay, yeah, yeah, it's like a little blue. It's like a little lighter. Yeah. It should be it should be far more gray. Okay, I'm gonna roll down the window and tell them you <laughs> bought the wrong one. I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. I'm just kidding. Okay. Also, uh, his is a touring edition, so. Oh. Wow. Bo- boys, boys got some cash. Boy has got some thick stacks buying that Civic. He's. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Carl Pulling. The show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. Just kidding. A show where me and my brother Hunter talk about philosophy, religion, science, politics, lots and lots of politics, all from the moving cab of a 2010 Honda Civic. That's right. It's a black, gray interior in case you want to set the scene for yourself. It's cloth. It's it's dirty and beat up. Yeah. Um, And that says a lot about Hunter and his conscientiousness. Yeah. It's very high, except for my car. Yeah. It's like ungodly high, except for my car. Hunter's not really a car boy as much as he is a PS4 boy. Oh, yeah. I actually really did love what was that new one that just came out. Oh, Days Gone. And I know that didn't work out for everybody, but I really enjoyed it. Was that the open world biker gang one? Yeah, which is such a weird... It was such a weird mishmash, Christopher, of playing, like, an open-world game, but plus, like, one of those old, uh... You remember, like, BMX 200 or whatever we would play on the PlayStation 2, and you, like, do flips and stuff? I am positive there's not a game called BMX 200. <laughs> there isn't, but but you know what I'm talking about. Like, all those old BMX games that used to be on, Motocross like, games, yeah. Yeah, and so it was, like, it was, like, hitting me on that level. At the same time, it was, like, this open-world plus the Sony, like, you know, deep dark storytelling, you know, that seems to be what's becoming more and more their shtick, if you will. It makes perfect sense to me. It seems like very basic nerd wish fulfillment. Ouch. So, anyhow, Hunter. Yep. uh, Any, uh, any studio upgrades we need to know about? Not this week. We don't even need to get gas this week. I have... You you haven't gotten gas this week? No, dude. I've I've, I've been just... You've got three, three quarters of a tank. I know. We are, like, crushing it. This wow. Is a very good car. Great mileage. Yeah, it's a Honda Civic. I mean, they don't make them like they used to, Chris. There's a reason we drive a 2010. We got any roadkill this week? No. There, there's so much. We could do some roadkill. There's so many things that are like. This whole uh, Trump Nancy squad fight is just the worst. Let me just. Here's my roadkill for this week. Okay. Uh, Trump, don't tell people to go back to where they came from. Correct. Especially not if they're legal citizens. Which, by the way, they were all born here. You dumb... Uh, Only one. Fill in the blank. Only one. Uh, 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 and I can't remember her name right now, so that's not it's good. It's not Tlaib. It's uh, not AOC. Omar. Omar. Ellen Omar, Omar. Yep, she was born in Syria, if I remember correctly. Uh, either way... D- She's really? still a legal citizen of the United States of America. For some reason, I had Somalia on the brain. Maybe. Um, Who knows? At any rate, stop. That's such a ridiculous... 
counterproductive, ignorant thing to say. Right. And I know you're listening uh, right. to the show. Right. But I I can't think of a a much more useless turn of phrase that we could utter right now. Yeah. So, uh, stop it. Are they all ridiculous? Absolutely. Mm. Do I like any of them? No. Are they exercising their well, free speech? Christopher, what about your Nancy Pelosi, like, you know... <laughs> don't tell people about my secret oh, Nancy oh. Pelosi shrine. <laughs> I mean, it's really... I, I, I don't think there's any problem with having a shrine to a, polit- to a politician, but... Having her photoshopped into a bikini has just always been a little weird to me. Oh, my lanta. <laughs> oh, my lanta. Sorry about that. I love every curve and every wrinkle. Oh, oh no. Of which there are plenty. Oh, no. It's just, and I know that's you exercising your free speech, too. Mm. But come on, you're the president. You're the head of the executive branch. Grow up. Have some decorum for crying out loud. For crying out loud. And I know that it's all priced in. It's baked into the cake. It's not what anybody expects of you. But... When, when you're having a legitimate conversation about extraditing illegal aliens back to their home country, yeah. it it is counterproductive and useless to undermine your own stance to tell people who belong here legally to go home. Yeah. It's stupid. You're and stupid. You, you did a big, bad stupid. Yeah. And also, the fact that one of the crowds that he was, you know, doing his little shtick in front of was started screaming, send her home, and he did literally nothing to stop them which is like just a simple little comment like ah guys 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 i i i said the wrong thing there you know it would have been a perfect way to kind of like reset what he was trying to say and like kind of do some damage control but nope just let it stood yeah so way to go dude and this is this is why i hate it so much because the type of crowd that would chant send her home right is the same kind of rabid tribalists that we hate on the left yes now there's more of them on the left right now but that might change and then where are all of the moderates going to be yeah uh in the middle of the traffic getting hit by cars going both ways i suspect right yeah so anyway stop it the end the end um that's roadkill i guess for today yeah because that's that's just a nightmare yeah that's like that's like roadkill from like three and a half years ago that's reanimated itself and is trying to get in the back door in the dead of night. Um, that's why I always keep the it's shotgun. super dead and also horrifying. Yeah. Um, okay. So last week, <laughs> last week, like I uploaded an episode last week. <laughs> like we week. did the thing we're supposed to do for this show. Yeah. Whoops. If you guys want to support us on Patreon, we've just so I can stopped. quit my job. <laughs> We don't have a Patreon. Otherwise, you get the episodes when you get them, okay? Yeah, yeah no big deal. If you want my my cash app, snap me. I don't know. The kids <laughs> I don't are think so you know how internet works. Days. All I know is that like, you send me $20, and then I have to send you a picture every day. I have a bank account with Venmo. In my negligee. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. It's a... Did you hear about that thing a while ago? I'm, we're getting to Antifa. We're going to get there, we have but to you're going to be patient. First, we have to discuss Antifa's members. Did you hear about that thing where, like, these models, quote-unquote, that were selling uh, naked photos and stuff on Snapchat weren't paying taxes, and so the IRS was legitimately <laughs> doing a thing that if you could turn them in, they'd give you part of the recovered capital? What? It's literally the IRS is, like, sending out bounties for hunting down, like, internet sluts. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, so IRS. I want to start a, uh, like, a, a 
a small business where that's just what we do. We go and hunt them. Um, <laughs> Make a tidy little profit. Yeah. But we've got to pay our taxes. That's yeah, well, the key we'll part. we'll pay taxes. Because if we don't pay our taxes, then they'll make a, another super secret hit squad of another two brothers who drive around in cars and say stuff to the internet that it come around and get us. And that's going to suck. Right. Okay. Or maybe it'll be sluts that drive around in cars. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> podcast. <laughs> wow. Uh, We're off to a good start today. I'm, I'm so tired. I can't even think straight. And, I know. Uh, I'm having fun with it. I also think, uh, what's this bucket? I think Seinfeld already like is copyright striking this podcast right now. <laughs> it's like sluts in cars. It's too close. It's too close. Um, anyhow, I think you've, Equiv- uh, equivalently pointed our camcorder at the television set while we're direct into the VCR, thus creating an infinite tunnel yep. of companies hunting other small companies for not paying taxes now. <laughs> Don't worry, it's a great idea. Let's talk... That was the most contrived metaphor I've ever done in my entire life. It worked, though. I like, hope I people was... understood what I was getting at. Yeah. I was a little worried when you are picking it up, but you set it down nicely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um... Let's move on to Antifa Part 2. Part 2. What should we name Part 2? Uh, Return to Mount. Antifa Mountain. <laughs> Return to Antifa Mountain. <laughs> so last week we talked a little bit about the philosophy and the history of Antifa. How it's this group that grew out of the Occupy movement and became this nasty, violent, horrible thing. We talked about how 2016 and the election of Trump galvanized that shift, etc., ad nauseum. Yeah. And we talked a bunch about Andy Ngo. Mm-hmm. Um, that poor boy who got beat up in Portland a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I kept saying it was Seattle, and I stand by that. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's actually technically wrong. Right. I'm going to show you a map after the end of this show today. The thing is, when you hate two places... Maps? No. Okay. When you hate two places so much... Okay. They And they're so close, it's just kind of easier just to pretend like they're the same place. Have you ever gotten California confused with Seattle or Portland? No. Okay. That's Do you hate totally, California? That's totally different. Why? Because it's south? Yeah, the sun's out sometimes. Okay. Um, it's not raining as often. Coffee's not as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. Okay. Although, I've got some... I've got... If you want to get into my stance on Starbucks coffee, we can dive in. Okay. Um, maybe that. Maybe that's another show. Yeah. So, philosophy. Yeah, philosophy on what's wrong with Starbucks. <laughs> or po- possibly good. But yeah, exactly right. So, and I think we kind of wanted to get into this week about, like, what exactly has been going on in Portland? And then how how has this been allowed to be a thing? And then also, like, why is... What, what's the future of this? Because it's a, I think looking at it is it's a little scary. And I also think we continue just to see our society is beginning to fracture in more permanent ways. And I think that's concerning. And I also think the fact that it seems we're able to, like... Um, riot in groups and attack each other with seemingly very little consequences is also kind of scary. So I think we kind of wanted to talk through both those ideas. Okay. That sounds good. So why don't you talk a little bit about uh, Portland? Yeah, so um, basically, I didn't know this. The Portland mayor is also the sheriff. Wait, really? Yeah, and so they're like, or it's... It's it's something similar to that. Like chief of police? Yeah, something like that. Like they're the exact same 
person and they get elected and it's just happens to be a very very old law for portland and it's just never been changed it's just that simple it's just like it's just like like in kennesaw uh you know the law is you have to open carry a gun at all times but we don't no one follows that law you know it's it's kind of a it's on the books. You're supposed to do it, but everyone thinks it's kind of crazy. But in Portland, they have one of these laws that's on the books. It's kind of crazy, and ooh, ooh. and uh, everybody, everybody follows it essentially. So, so on its face, that doesn't seem like it would be a problem. The head of the executive branch in Portland is uh, tasked with carrying out the law, and the chief of police is tasked with. Uh, punitive measures for those who violate it. So it doesn't seem necessarily disconcert us no, on one angle. No, but then when you think about, like, you know, re-elections are coming up. Right. And things like that, and when it becomes, like, well, you know, obviously... If, let, let, let's not even put Antifa on in that. If you had one group of people who really, really, really wanted this thing not to be illegal, right... It might behoove you to not make that certain or to not enforce the law on that certain thing to allow that to show that group of constituents that, hey, I'm on your side. You should vote for me, especially not if they're a very vocal group. That if would just a very ex- vocal group, yeah. exacerbate the problem. Right. Exactly. And so, like, I think what you're seeing is what's really dangerous about this system is the fact that. Antifa essentially can just run amok because the governor feels very, very, very concerned about doing anything about it. Or mayor, I, I get those terms kind of mixed up, and I apologize for that. Um, and at the same time, he can go to all the officers, all the cops, everybody, and go, "Hey, everybody, kind of don't do anything and just kind of stand down." And that's what you really see happening a lot from the cops and stuff. Is like, it's it's not the fact the cops aren't there. It's that they don't want to engage the crowd so that they become more violent. And, and he has told them expressly to stand down. Exactly, yeah. In the face of these increasingly violent, increasingly destructive, increasingly authoritarian uh, Antifa riots. Right, and he refuses to really call them out. He Instead, it's that thing we see in politics at times where it's like, well, when your side does something bad, you condemn violence from all sides, right? Sure. And it's like, violence should never be tolerated. And it's like, well, that's a really convenient thing to say because that's not what we're talking about right now. Although it's kind of it. And so, like, there's just been a lot of, um, what would you say? There's just not been a lot of enforcing of, of the law in regards to these riots, um, and so that's why you see, like, also in Andy's video, like, when he gets clobbed in the head, there's officers standing right by that watch it happen. And in fact, no officer does anything until Andy walks off, stands by a building, and then comes up to him as, and, and then starts, in, uh, and starts assessing him for, you know, any, for any uh, injuries and things like that. And to be clear, a few people were arrested. Um, yes, that, that happens. In but... the wake of Andy's uh, abuse. Yes. I don't know if any were arrested, particularly who attacked him. Oh, really? Yeah, but I know people were arrested that weekend. I'm not exactly sure how they managed that. Um, To me, it would seem something like, you know, it it must depend on the crimes. It must depend on the crowd, you know? Right. There's a lot of, like, if you're in a crowd with everybody wearing a mask, this is another thing that just kind of seems crazy to me. If you're in a crowd with everybody wearing a mask, it's very easy to hide. Right, because all you have to do is just run back into the crowd, and I was like, "Well, who was the guy that?" Uh, 
You can't really make any right. action on that if everyone's wearing a bar. Which one of these guys wearing Hello Kitty elbow pads was it? It was me. <laughs> but, but, but so, and I think the other thing that's really striking about Andy's situation here too is that after he was inspected by this uh, medic, for lack of a better term at the moment, he was, they actually instructed him that he had to walk to a certain spot to, make, to go to the hospital because the cops didn't want to walk through the riot. Which, yeah. which, and not for, for, for as the order they've been given, I think the cops are acting, you know, the cops are obeying orders in this, as far as I can understand it, is, um, you know, that they didn't want to be walking Andy through Antifa and cause a riot after that because it would seem like they were showing, you know, preferential treatment or protecting him or possibly inciting some amount of violence. Um, so, I mean, it's... How terrible would that be? Right. How terrible if it looked like the cops were showing preferential treatment to someone who just had a crime committed very forcibly to their face. Yeah. And was the one being nonviolent. Yeah. Uh, it's so beyond the pale. It is. So, and it's kind of one of these one of these arguments where, like, all that you need for evil to flourish is for good men to do nothing. Right. If the cops who are tasked with enforcing the law are going to refuse to do their job, whether it's because their own personal predilections or the uh, authority of somebody who has uh, ulterior motives tied up in their decision-making paradigm doesn't really matter to me. The fact that they're not going to step in and enforce the law means that you're going to have lawlessness. This mm. is obvious. Mm. Um, and uh, that's kind of where I think we should talk about, because you can look into Portland, you can see what's happening there, and how this is not the first time. We talked about some of the other riots, like where they beat up an old man, and were directing traffic, and that kind of thing. They hit, the a man with, they hit someone with a crowbar, yeah. Right, but here is the long and short of it. We have to ask ourselves what direction is this headed and what what is this this sickness that we see taking over certain parts of our country Portland being a prime example and I'm going to use a term that isn't perfect here but it's a term that often gets bandied about and ill-defined and I'm going to do a better job at defining it fascism I know that everyone says but they're anti-fascist and we talked about this a little bit last week uh, one game I like to play, Hunter, is okay. these uh, bleeding hearts that I talk to on a on a semi daily basis. They I think love, I know this. They, I think I know this game. What? what? Is this the, is this the one where you basically get them to you know tell get them to explain their views and then ask them like, all right, who's going to make the decisions? Like you think you're the person that can do I, all this? I love this? that game too, but this okay. one's even simpler. Okay, they'll we'll be talking about something and then they'll inevitably say that's Hitler or. Okay. My favorite one. It's fascism. Okay. And then I go, cool. Can you define that? <laughs> that's that's a really easy game. That's because fun. everybody uses the word fascism and nobody knows what it means. Right, exactly. Uh, no, especially nobody on the left. Right. So fascism classically defined is a it is not so much a type of government as it is a behavior of any powerful group. Mm-hmm. And it's a behavior based on typically racial or national superiority, mm. different than than nationalism, right? Because you can you can look out for your country first, but it's not just seeking the best for your country at the expense of other countries. It's believing that your nationality or sometimes race is superior, mm-hmm. and then autocratic control of almost every aspect of someone's life. Right. 
at the point of a gun. Yes. Which is government, essentially. That's what government is. But there's other... This is what I'm trying to say. There's other tips of the spear. Right. There's other points of the gun. I I, I appreciate that clarification. Right. And so when you have the government, the law enforcement, standing down uh, on order of the mayor, you transfer the power of enforcement, not necessarily law enforcement, to a different group. To a mob. To a mob. This specifically expressly what happened in Portland. So now, similar to how we were talking last week, going through the Foucaultian Derridian mm. transformation of the um, the Marxist revolt from bourgeois to and proletariat or bourgeoisie. I just feel like bourgeois is easier for me to say. Well, that, that's uh, important. Uh, to oppressor versus oppressed. Mm. There's another question that I have, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this yet. Okay. But if fascism is classically defined as the behavior, uh, the leveraging of autocratic control with threat of violence to a society based on perceived superiority of race or nation, mm. the question I have is, can you act in a fascist manner with a different superiority complex. Yeah, I would... Ooh. As in... Well, I mean, wouldn't it be something different like socialism? Well, socialism isn't... Socialism, in my opinion, often devolves into autocratic control, but not always national superiority. Okay, 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 I see what you're saying. But what I'm saying is that... But that's not what socialism is. That's what socialism does. Okay. But when you have when you when the government's standing down, when mm-hmm. the police force is standing down, mm-hmm. you transfer the sword. Mm-hmm. The sword's in the hands of the mob yep. now. Yep. Effectively, they get to decide who lives and dies. In air quotes. Right. And sometimes, sometimes quite literally. Quotes. Yeah. Hi, France. At that point, is it possible to impose your will? based not on the superiority of your skin color or the superiority of your nation state, but is it possible to do it based on your perceived superiority of your ideals and morals? Meaning, and like, we, 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 are, we have the correct views. The correct, I would say, ideology. Okay, sure. We have the correct ideology, therefore we can burn all the witches we want. Exactly. Okay. We, in an Antifa situation... We are the progressive movement. We're fighting the bigots. Yep. We're fighting the racists. We're fighting the capitalists. Mm-hmm. Can we, therefore, impose autocratic control onto the populace? Are and, we justified yeah. based on that superiority? Well, and I, if so, is that fascism? Well, I, I think so. I think it's definitely a pathology. Right, like that—that's obviously clearly a bad way to think. Sure. Um, I'm—I'm not—I'm not sure it's. I'm not sure it's fascistic by that definition, just because like it almost sounds—it sounds to me like the you know the 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 downtrodden revolting against the the oppressors, if you will, which is more of that. Uh, socialist communist but, uprising. But is that not the same language that Hitler used when he rose to power against the Jews? Uh, that they were the powerful and that the German people had to shirk off their Zionist oppressors? Sure, no, no, it definitely was. I, I guess it's, I guess it just, to me it seems like 
it seems like fascism might, by definition, might have to be rooted in like national identity. If well, that sort of makes sense. Well, not always, because sometimes okay. it is it is racial identity. Sure, sure, and, sure. And so I what I'm what I'm saying is there's a multifariousness to the identities that can empower fascistic action. And okay, I think what th- we're that's do- fine. That, and, and what you just said there is fine. Yeah. Right. And what I'm saying is that if the uh, fascism is bad based on its outcomes. We yes. look at the outcomes of fascism. Now, now, I say that to mean this, and this is going to sound very strange, but stick with me. Okay. White nationalism is a broken ideology. I agree. But there are instances... Oh, that was a bad rack. This is a really bad rack, guys. Oh, man. Maybe that's foreshadowing for the sentence I'm about to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see where this one goes. White nationalism is a broken ideology. It's based on incorrect precepts, and it's wrong, and it's stupid, and it's hateful. Okay. That being said, if it doesn't, if it doesn't lead to violence, it's protected. You know if what I'm doesn't... saying? Oh, sure, yeah. But that that's like saying, like, the white nationalists can go to, you know, they can... They can they can say whatever they want to say in the public square. Right. As long as they don't throw a fist at somebody and I'm... as long as they don't punish someone. I, yeah, of course. I think that's 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 part of being American. I mean, even... Uh, oh, I can't even think. I mean, there's there's tons of legal work that's been done from, like, centrist law firms to make sure that, that that can happen. And that's also true for even, like... I mean, like, socialists... Socialism itself, too, you know, pre- sure, preaches sure, some sure. violence. It's same, same thing. Yeah, I agree with you. So here's what I'm saying. Okay. Fascism, on the other hand, is a broken ideology, a, e.g. the superiority yep. of your nation state yep. or your race. Yep. And, and I mean superiority in a very specific way there. Okay. Um, I don't mean it's wrong. I, I kind of laid this out earlier. It's not wrong to say America is a superior country. Okay. But it is wrong to say, say especially when you're backing that up with facts. Sure. And, and qualifying it. But it is wrong to say America is a superior country and... Therefore, all the other countries should be trod underfoot. Right. That's fascism. Right. That's when you make the conversion. Right. And what I'm saying is that fascism, by definition... If we could go back to that just real quick, it's like saying, like, you can can use a measuring stick, but you can't wield a scepter. Sure, yes. Okay, yes. Okay, Uh, And and your measuring stick might have the incorrect units. Yeah, it it very well could. Yeah, absolutely. and, And that doesn't make it any less evil of an ideology, any less evil of an implement by which you examine the world. Mm-hmm. But it it is not legally actionable or destructive unless there is typically violence backing that. Well, here's the thing with fascism. It implies that. And so the question you yes. ask is, the reason. so the reason that fascism is always destructive and white nationalism is not... Yes. Always destructive, not to the soul, not to the spirit, but yes. to the body. Yes, um, is because it it does not necessitate the implication of violence. Fascism necessitates the implication of violence. Typically, the violence implied by the autocratic control of every aspect of a constituency's lives. Okay. And so, what I'm saying is that when you see people, mobs, taking to the street now that the sword has been handed to them because the government is standing down, as you see them take to the street and they dictate who can walk where and on what side of the street you can you can drive and where you can and cannot turn mm. and what shops you can and cannot go into and mm-hmm. who's allowed to do business today mm-hmm. how is that not autocratic control now i know it's mm. not being it's not being 
pushed down by autocrats. But the the power of the autocrats has shifted hands when the right. police refuse to enact enact their jobs. Mm. And so what I'm saying is, how do you delineate the actions that are being taken by Antifa, Antifa from the autocratic control that would be defining element of socialism? I actually... Oh, I'm sorry, of fascism. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I'll forgive you. Uh, I actually want to think a little bit more about what you laid out just because it's here here's my one piece that i'm that i'm coming to because i actually think you did a really good job of saying like why fascism is always wrong because it is it always needs violence to be enacted right right it it doesn't work any other way because it it is autocratic rule it does tell you when something's going to happen and autocratic rule is always wrong because autocratic rule is always engaged with by force okay fair enough done I'm good. The, the one thing I am curious about, though, is that if white nationalism, if that ideology isn't lived out, if it doesn't require violence inherently within it, too. And what I, what I just mean by that is, and this is the place I want to I, I think about a little bit more, and we, we, we really yanged on this yang, so... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but... I, and also, I was just say, there's a bigger point I'm coming to, but anyhow, okay, go ahead. Fair, fair, fair enough. But, like, the one piece I want to think about here is, like... Can you, like so it seems to me you could have white nationalist sympathies right sure without enacting those white nationalist sympathies yes okay and it also seems to me that you could possibly just live in this world where everybody just suddenly agreed that you know brown people were the best does that sort of make sense? Yes. And wouldn't need any violence to do that. Sure. And not even give any more resources to that group to be able to do that. Now, I'm not sure how divorced you can get on that point. Does that sort of make sense? Like, it, it yeah. seems to me you're splitting some pretty fine hairs there, but... I, 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 yes. Okay. For sure. Okay, but, but I understand the point you're making. It's like, there's definitely... Every expression of fascism involves violence and some amount of... Uh, it involves violence. To, it has to have violence. It's it, baked it, into the it, cake. It's a necessary component. And, and not, was, not only that, but it's violence from the top down. Yeah, and I won't even say baked into the cake. I'll just say that fascism always needs violence to be fascism. Uh, otherwise, it's a different It's a different thing. Yeah, and I will say white supremacy seems like it pretty much always needs violence. Right. And, I, and I mean pretty much because it seems to me there's some very, very fine, fine instances where it can where it could function without it. But I will say, unequivocally, and I know you agree with me, both are completely evil in the name. Right, okay. yes, absolutely. Here's Let's, the difference, and here's yep. why you split the hairs, is because you fight white nationalism on the ideological level. Ah, okay, you that's important. You fight fascism on the physical level. Sure, yeah. Because fascism implies violence. The cops should arrest the fascists. Yes, absolutely. I'm and, with you. And here's the thing. Yep. When we, we fought fascism back in 1944, in right. 1945, okay. and it was a... It was with with lead and blood. Sure. That's the way you fight that war because fascism implies violence. Now you have people calling things fascist where no violence is seen. Mm. No violence is inherent in the system, mm. to quote Monty Python. Mm. And yet they're calling it fascist. But what do they do? So my point is this. The reason that you fight fascism on a physical level is because it's a more immediate threat. Sure. Right? Because it actually implies violence. And so you fight back with violence. And... You could almost get rid of white nationalism by, nationalism by saying, that's a stupid idea that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, you can't eliminate it that way, but you could remove it from your own hemisphere. Right, and that's about all the action you need. Because, like, if someone's acting out fascism, well, now you have to stop them from hurting the person that they're actually hurting. That's exactly right. So okay. what I'm saying is this. Fascism is, a, is such a sacred, horrifying term mm. 
because it all it's it's end state is baked into its name. The okay. the I see it. Results of fascism are implicit in the claim. Mm. Does mm-hmm. this make sense? It, it makes sense. I think, I, like I said, like we might want to think about putting this out on the internet, but you know, because we're splitting, the, we're splitting a pretty thin hair here. But yeah, like I, I understand what you're saying. I think, I think it actually is somewhat. Well, it's. It, let me put it this way. I'm not sure if it's important. It's a really good clarification. If that right. sort of makes sense. We yeah. fight white nationalism. Because on the one hand, it's dangerous, sure. right? But, yeah, it is dangerous. But, it's very dangerous. I mean, someone got killed because of a white. I, I totally agree, right, right, and right, that's right. a that's a time. But that's not top down violence. That was bottom up violence. That was right? bo- yeah. That was this one is, person a little, doing a stupid thing. That's a little bit different. It and is so over. Well, it's organized in Portland, right? That, that's what I'm getting. Right. To. No, I'm so, with you. So anyhow, on the other side, you fight on the so you fight it on one hand because it's dangerous. On the other hand, because it's stupid, mm. right? Until so you fight it on an ideological level. You fight fascism because it's always a hundred percent of the time wrong, and you fight it violently, mm. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Th- that's because it implies it implies violence. So okay, we don't. What I'm saying is we fight white nationalism because of the precursors. We fight fascism because of the results. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope I've done a decent job at explaining that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're. But, if I if I got it right, you're saying like the results of fascism are always well. The result, well, the results of fascism are literally like a well. I don't know how to ex- exactly break that down, but what the, you're, the I results what you're of white nationalism are ambiguous. They're wrong, but they're ambiguous. Okay. The results of fascism aren't ambiguous. Okay. They are defined in the term fascism. Sure. And as, as, fight... as in the expression of violence is absolutely necessary in fascism and not absolutely necessary in a white Correct. nationalism. Although pretty much necessary. I, I mean, often necessary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But one, you're fighting it ideologically. The other one, you fight it more physically. Sure. The reason it's a sacred, hollow term is because the results are implicit and you and the results are disastrous and we fight so that we prevent the results. Okay. So my question that I'm getting back to now is... Okay. If you see the autocratic control of a society, even if it's by the mob, if the mob's been handed the power, how is that not top-down control? Hmm. And how is that not achieving the same results of fascism? Now, if you think that I'm likening Antifa to the Nazis, you're stupid. Hmm. Okay, because I'm not saying that. There's been more... There's been more types and instantiations of fascism across the world than the only one that anybody seems to care to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, and, and some of them were far less violent than, than the Nazis. Mm. Not all of them, but some of them. So, what I'm saying is, if you see the top-down autocratic control, especially in a conversation we're talking about the direction that someone's headed, or a city is headed. Mm-hmm. When you see the top-down autocratic control, that lever for power being transferred to the mob, and then you see the mob imposing it in a fascistic, brown-shirted way, where they are, they are, you know, you can't turn to here this time, you know, at this time. Mm-hmm. You'll have to turn around, and yep. and you know, you can't walk this way, and you can't shop here, mm. and you can't do this, and you can't do that. Mm. You can't film here. The only requirement in my mind of fascism that they are not fulfilling is what their superiority is based on. It's based on their broken ideology and not a, nat- a nation state or a or or a racial but, identity, but, but here's the thing. But here's it the thing. Is. Let me say this. Okay. Here's the thing. It's based on their ideology. Uh-huh. 
But you don't fight fascism because of the ideology. You fight it because of the results. And so what I'm saying is, does the definition of fascism need to be expanded to these people? Because if you're fighting it based on the results, the results look exactly the same. Yeah. It looks exactly the same. And so I don't think that it makes much sense to delineate between nation-state-based fascism, racial identity-based fascism, or ideological-based fascism. Mm. It all smells like fascism to me. Sure. And even though these people go around saying that they're anti-fascist, when the government stands down, when the police won't do anything, they have become the fascists. Yeah. And expect all of us to become bootlickers. And in some instances, like in Portland, I mean that directly and factually and literally. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they've been referred to as domestic terrorists by several federal governments. and I Or several, <laughs> several federal, uh, like government bodies right and i and i think that's and all obviously that, true all that domestic terrorists need to become the caliphate is for Power. them to become the enacting government right exactly it's just uh yeah it's just and a switch there how can you explain to me that that hasn't happened in portland yeah in some ways and it like you can't say that it's happened in portland what you can say is that when andy when, when these riots happen it's happened yeah, well, like like from eight to five on this Saturday. Guess who's in charge? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and not not holistically, yeah. but it, at these ever growing expanses of time. So I actually I actually think you put forward an interesting argument. Um, like I said, I think I think there's there's a razor thin difference there that we're kind of talking about because they, I mean like to give the devil its due, you know the the clans a thing. You know, yeah. and so violence is very, very closely related to um, uh, white white nationalism, oh, and, 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 and is at home there. But but I understand the difference that you're making there. Um, it, it's also one of the things I thought I thought was so interesting. I don't know if you played the latest Wolfenstein game, no. but <laughs> but uh, it at one scene is actually really great. It takes place in modern day America, and it shows. Uh, the Nazis are everywhere, right? So everything's been replaced in Texas with Nazi iconography, mm-hmm. and also the Klan is walking openly. Hmm. And it's such an interesting, it's such a good pair, it's such a good, it's such an interesting thing to, to see because, like, oh yeah, that's kind of how that would pan out, you know? Because the the, the, the difference between those two groups wasn't extreme, you right? Know? And no, so it's like you could you could see, yeah. And I mean, everything in Wolfenstein is kind of dialed up to eleven. That's why it's a video game. That's why it's entertainment. But it's right. like you you could see that happening. So it's like, and, and if, I, if the police backed down and didn't fight the Klan right. when they were trying to enact violence on a populace, yeah. that would be fascism in my book too. Yes, exactly. I mean, no, that's, that's direct fascism because it is based on it's racial literally identity. Literally based on your but, racial identity. But here's the thing: just how it's so harrowing, even in a video game, to see the Klan walking the streets and just yeah. go, "That's such a weird picture." Right. Actually, Antifa's walking the streets openly. They're doing it and with committing impunity. committing uh, assault in front of cops. Mm. Yeah, no, crazy. Um, yeah, and I think that's I think that's important to remember. Um, I think here's the other part to it that I find. It, here's the thing. I think you actually responded correctly when you said the right reaction to these people. And I know you said I know you said you fight it. And you and we use the term violence, but I know you weren't saying that like, hey everybody, go grab your bats and beat up someone in Portland. I, that's not what I'm saying at all. And I and I and I'm with you, and I'm just making the clarification because it's important. No, that is important. Thanks. And I what, can explain the difference if you want. No, no, I if think it's not I, implicit. I think we're good. I think what you're basically saying is like, we need the institutions that we've handed the 
the operation of violence to to handle that absolute, to handle that problem. Absolutely. And that's what the police are. They're a third party that we've all agreed gets to have a monopoly on violence. Good. It's a really good idea that that happened. Yes. Um, that's why we don't kill each other anymore when someone accidentally runs runs someone and hurts them when they're drunk. Like it's really really good that we have these systems in place that keep us from honor killing. That keep us from uh, you know like going into family feuds. Like yeah. It, like these are critical institutions and we the need Hatchfields and the McCoys. Right. Exactly. You know like uh that vengeful killing is a huge problem and has been a part of societies for forever until until the police basically uh, until the police until law happened yeah. um and so so good but but one of the thing that scares me and we talked about this last last time is that the proud boys which is basically a vigilante group that basically makes their bread and butter by going around and beating up Antifa as a right-wing defense force if you will right. is headed to Portland on August 17th and I think when I think about that, that is not the violence that I'm okay with. No, not and at all. And it's like, if you're, and that's the thing that worries me, Chris, is because, like, because you let one person stand, because you let, because you just said, okay, violence is okay this one time, you know, mm -hmm. violence is going to be fine this one time, it's opened up the door for other groups to come in there and express violence. And that's, that's scary because, you know, who knows where that goes? Who knows how that gets stopped? And here's the thing that scares me so much, and Sam Harris said this, and it really made a lot of sense. When you're throwing a milkshake at somebody, there's not many more places to go. And when we trivialize yes. that, and we make that not a big deal, that's really scary to me, because what do you do after you throw a milkshake and that's lost all of its fun and glamour? Like, do you, do you, start, throwing, do you start throwing rocks? Do you start throwing, like, Is there chemicals? acid in the milkshake? Yeah. yeah. And, and then, once you've done that, is it wrong for the other person to respond back in violence? And, and here's the other thing, and this is just more of a cautionary tale. Right. But then, if if the, the, first, the first milkshake that has acid in it, which acid attacks are extremely common, like in the UK, mm. um, the first milkshake that has acid in it, is it wrong to defend yourself from someone who's just got a vanilla milkshake and they think it's funny to lop it? Right, exactly. Like how, once once someone crosses that line, it changes the entire game of throwing stuff at each other or throwing milkshakes at other people, which and I, I, I is think, so childish. I think we can expand that point further and kind of wrap this up. But okay. When you cross a certain line, when you when you take you you take one more stone out of the wall of rhetoric. Mm. And put one more stone in the wall of violence. Mm -hmm. There comes a tipping point where you don't just weaken the social fabric, but you shatter it. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's we, no longer good to play this game anymore. We are dangerously close. And the brightest minds on the left and the right are both saying the same thing. And by the brightest minds, I actually mean that group that is clumped up around the middle. Yeah. <laughs> that disagrees on, you know, whether or not gay people should be married or something. Not that anyone disagrees on that anymore. Sure. But the the point I'm making is that the the truth about the intelligent people and what separates them is trivial compared to what's separating us in this country right now mm. among our ever-growing most vocal constituents on both sides. And there there will come a time and and like Sam Harris said, it's not far off when you've completely dismantled the ability for rhetoric. Right. And, and by the way, that's just what fascism does. If I can say just one more thing about that comment, like, here, here's the mental idea I think that's just so frightening, right? Is like, why is that funny to throw a milkshake at someone? Right? Like, like think about that. 
this is this is what I think it means. We're so angry. It's and so unable to talk about what we're what we need to do. We all think it's hysterical to threaten it. Yes, you know, Absol- it, and it's like absolutely and, and that. That's a bad joke. That's not a good joke. That's not a good game, and that scares me because people are thinking. People are like, like Carlos Maza is saying, you know, milkshake them, and it's like. Okay, let's just let's just flirt with violence then. Let's just do that and just let's just let's just open that up into public discourse and then when the crazy people hear that, let's just pretend like they're not susceptible to that. Let's just let's just be Absolutely. let's let's just let's just let's just play with that. Never fire. mind the crazy people. What about the evil ones? Right. What it, about it, the truly poorly motivated people that and that don't that don't see a line there that's worthy of maintaining? That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And it's this it's a swirly you know, yep. it's not that violent. It's not going to kill anybody. But it's the idea that I am so incapable, I'm so incontinent, and so not just not just angry, but resentful, mm. that I don't want to engage with you anymore. I don't want to engage with the ideas anymore. I'm so distrusting of my own emotional state. I'm so distrusting of my own efficacy, my own ability to leverage intelligent, uh, peaceful power mm. that I will I will just be happy with humiliating anybody that disagrees with me mm. or attempting to humiliate anyone that disagrees with me. Mm-hmm. And what you're really doing, one, is shaming yourself, mm. and two especially in places like Portland where the police refuse to stand up, you are bringing about the, the instantiation, the flashpoint of fascistic control. And you know what? That's why the rude boys are showing up. Proud boys. Yep. Rude boys just like Ska. Right. I'm sorry I brought the rude boys into this. Get, leave the rude boys out of this, Chris. That's why the proud boys are showing up. Yep. Because like I said, if you perceive something to be fascist, you fight it with violence. Yep. Now, I think... You let the police take care of it. Exactly. Until right. such a point where it's clear that that's an irredeemable strategy. But well, it's, it's definitely not there right now. It's no, we're, and we're, what I'm saying is we're not. Now we've been there at certain times. Sure. But we're not there in general in Portland. Yeah. But the Proud Boys disagree. Mm. You know what? And that's why they're headed there. And do I think that's a good thing? No. I think it's a realization of something horrible. Yeah. But but that being said, to pretend like Antifa didn't bring this about, that's not fair either. Fair enough. I think I think what's I think we need to revisit this. I, what I'm really curious to see is what happens in August. Um, you know, if that actually happens, you know, do they make good on that? How many people show up? What enacts? Because I, I was under the impression that things were getting better since uh, the Berkeley riots and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And this seems to me to be a flashpoint where this cancer has just been allowed to grow. And the fact that this is going to sound a little strange, but you're like triggering this old pattern in our brains. It's like the invaders are coming. Yes. And that's what's happening is the proud boys are coming to invade Antifa's territory in Portland. And it's like, well, a little war is going to play out in, and if it goes horribly, a little war is going to play out in Portland in August. And, what is the consequence of that? Do we have more little wars that develop? Do we have more little pockets of this? Does Portland just kind of become, you know, the Wild West, and, right? And, and if it becomes a vacuum, who fills the space? Right, exactly. You know what? Here, here's what I think we should leave it on. Sure. There is, there is a like I like how you put it. There is a cancer that's been growing for a long time, and it's metastasized 
at certain points in time in Portland. Mm. And it's the cancer that is based on the dissolution of the social fabric and the collective the collective resentment and it's not really at any one group in fact if if i wanted to get philosophical for a second it's resentment towards yourself it's it's the obvious outcome of a strategy that takes no responsibility that takes no uh stock in your own self-worth and simply sees everything else as the dragon that should be slain mm. instead of you. Mm. So if you're listening to this right now and you've engaged in this milkshake them rhetoric, if you think that that's funny, if you think that if you can't pause long enough to see how little headroom is left between the that milkshake water and the ceiling of the Titanic which is open warfare in the streets mm. then you've got you've got a major problem on your hands and i would say don't allow your own bloody incontinence with a t and self-loathing and resentment to continue to metastasize in your own soul like it's metastasizing in portland oregon that's good Boys and girls and gals and guys, that's been Carl Pulling. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, you can follow the show at Carl Pulling on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Emotional Carl at the same and Chris X Carl on the same sites as well. We got a Facebook page. We have a website. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Play, the Apple Store, and on Spotify. Rate us, review us, give us all those hugs and likes and kisses. And, uh, Send us an email at carlpooling.com. Thank you, sir. We'd love to talk to more of you. We've had some great conversations with, uh, with yeah. some of you, and uh, we'd love to keep that going. Yeah, so. surprisingly, just a great group of people just reaches out and talks to us. We really appreciate that, guys. Uh, but, yeah, we're home. Get out of the back seat, guys.